Thank you for listening to the Cross Loganville podcast. We will continue our series resolve. Hey, good morning, guys. Let me say this, Amy, uh, Teresa, thank you, ladies, for uh, just a tremendous time of worship. Uh, as you girls were singing, I was like, ah, oh, I am so glad to know that God is for us. The truth is the battle belongs to the Lord. Uh, we do not have to live lives that are shaken because we can stand uh, in the promise of the Savior's love. And uh, even, oh, my soul, you got to know who you're talking to, who you're walking with. I love the worship. I love the intimate uh, worship that we were able to share today. Hey, let me encourage you, if you're visiting or or maybe you hang with us, make sure you stay on the website, thecrossloganville.org, and uh, uh, that texting uh, piece that you'll see there, it, there's a number for our uh, text services. Uh, we sent out a text uh, last night saying we can't have church tomorrow morning because of the weather, uh, the ice, the rain, the winds, the snow. All, it, it, you would get that update if you were a part of that texting service, so make sure you utilize it. If you're a guest, type the number, guest. If you need prayer, we would love to intercede with you today. Uh, again, uh, just send us a prayer request. We would love to be able to pray over you and pray with you. But, but the one that says the cross, those weekly updates, if anything uh, has to change or whatever, that's where you're going to be able to get those updates and know uh, kind of what's happening in the moment. Uh, also, thank you for your continued uh, faithfulness and, 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 and just uh, tithing plus and honoring God. Tim Keller said this. He said, if we do not have a heart to be generous, we have never understood the gospel. And the gospel of Jesus Christ creates a generous heart so that we want to love and give and serve. And, and, and one of the best ways that we declare our faith to the world is by what we do with our money. Yeah, time and money, but it's what we do with our resources. And uh, again, let me personally say thank you for your generosity. Uh, those of you who are first fruit givers, meaning, hey, you tithe plus or whatever, uh, it's, it's such a great way uh, to live. And, uh, and, and, and when we study scripture, giving and living a life of generosity is the biblical norm for a new covenant believer. Let's continue to uh, honor God in those areas. Thank you for trusting us to steward those resources well. Uh, let's pray. And I, I want to dive into uh, today's teaching. Father, thank you for letting us worship you. And we get to worship you in spirit and truth, whether we're uh, live together or, or, or because of the conditions of the weather even today, uh, maybe somewhat just kind of kicking back at home. But I pray that we would press into you. I pray that we would lean into you. And I pray more than anything that uh, you would unlock us and free us, every person today, uh, to really enjoy and embrace the goodness of God. So I pray now that you would guide this uh, time in Christ's name. Amen. So we've talked about resolve, and that's the series that we've started in this year. And our working definition of resolve is to make a firm decision. 
Uh, We've made this decision, all-out surrender. We're going all in with this fixed purpose. The purpose is to know God, enjoy God, to glorify God. That is our resolve. Now, that being said, I think one of the biggest challenges all of us kind of face, and and, and it is a struggle, and there's tension here, the, 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 the challenge is to see God accurately for who he truly is and to see ourselves honestly for who we truly are because if you're like me at times we can struggle with an honest evaluation of self and and it hinders us because it then uh, messes up our view of God or us having an accurate view of God John Lynch in his book the cure said your view of you do you get that your view of you is the greatest commentary that you have on your view of God How you view yourself tells you a lot about how you view God because how you see yourself is really how you believe God sees you. And and if we get this view of God right, like how God truly does see us as loved and and treasured and fearfully and wonderfully made, it will change us. So uh, A.W. Tozer, he said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So whatever this concept and image that that floods our mind when we think about God is crucial because it drives how we do life. So you've got to ask the question, what is your view of God and and who is God and how do you see God and and what has shaped even your view of God, right? Uh, Genesis chapter 1, we go back and, and we're introduced to, if you will, to God and we read that God creates and he creates all the stuff, the heavens and the earth and uh, the, the greater light that rules the, uh, the, the day and the lesser light that rules the night and he, all this plant and vegetation and then the dog, donkeys, dinosaurs and, and then he creates man in his image. So God creates. Chapter 2, verse 16, key verse for me, is that God extends freedom to man. He says, uh, man, you're free to eat off of any tree in the garden, but if you eat off this tree of knowledge of good and evil, you're, you're going to die. And, uh, but I'm going to give you freedom. Genesis 3, freedom is violated, and sin is introduced, and death enters the equation, and something inside of Adam and Eve dies. It was a spiritual death, and it happened because of sin, trying to get their needs met apart from God, they, they jacked it up, right? And Genesis chapter 3, verse 7 says, their eyes were open and they knew that they were naked. I'm like, oh, what happened? You sin, you disobey God. And nakedness initially meant that I'm without covering, something is exposed, but now it literally would mean I feel odd and alienated and shamed and contaminated and confused. It really means this. Don't miss this. The conclusion is we reach inside of our own hearts and our souls and our thoughts is something is wrong with me. And and we're born into the world with something being wrong with us because sin disrupted humanity at every level. And when you go back and study This led man to his first attempt, if you will, of sin management. Man is like, ah, I got to fix this problem. And, And you read in verse 7, it says, they sewed fig leaves together 
and they made themselves loin covering. Adam and Eve said, hey, God, uh, we're not going to deal with you. We're not going to run to you yet. Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to deal with our problem the way we think it can be solved. Uh, yeah, I can take care of my chaos. I can manage my issue here. Their conclusion was this. Hey, hey, hey we got this. You ever, you ever been there where you jack something up and you're like, I, I, I got it. Uh, I can deal with this feeling that uh, I'm alienated or feeling odd or even shamed. Or I, I, I got it. I got it. And, and, and this causes man to drift so far away from God, right? It's, it, it, it causes us not to, to abide and depend on God. I want to I still build on what we were talking about last week. Uh, you get to verse 8, and it says, they hear God and they hide. God, we're going to deal with this problem ourselves, but all of a sudden God is walking through the cool of the, the day in the garden, and they hide. And the fact that they're hiding screams Hey, uh, my solution for dealing with this chaos in my life is not working. And you know when we run, when we hide, when we cover, when we pose, all, all we're saying is, I, I don't know how to deal with my deepest issues. And it just screams, hey, what I'm doing right now is not working. You read verse 21, it says, God, Genesis 3, God made garments to cover them. And God goes, your solution is not working you're going to have to trust me to provide for you. But you go back to verse 10, and even God makes this statement, if you will. God says, where, where are you guys? Where are you? And that's a great question for us to ask as we ponder and consider uh, where we're at in this walk with God, this journey with God. Where, where? He goes, where are you? And Adam says, I was afraid and I hid. I, I've never felt like this before. I freaked out and I tried to to fix it myself and to cover myself. And God goes, that, 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 that's not going to work. And, but, but the problem is this for us. When we experience failure and jack something up and come off the rails, uh, we, we start to have these, these feelings of nobody else can really know or identify with how jacked up, up I am. So, so we, we end up trying to create all these solutions and we find our own agendas and it, and it doesn't work. And we go, you know what? I, I, I think I'll perform and I think I'll pose and I'm going to pretend that everything's okay. And so we kind of bluff our way through it and it doesn't work. And we end up attacking others and we put other people down and we find all these flaws in others because we start using the comparison thing that if I can compare myself to others and, and maybe feel a little better about me than where they're at, then maybe it's all self-protection, self-promotion is hiding. And, and I know people that are living that way right now, right? They got all this disturbance of their soul and the only way they, they can kind of negotiate, uh, negotiate their way through life is uh, they, they have to compare and put others down. It doesn't work. So, so, so for most of us, somewhere along the way, we get introduced to the gospel. We read John 3.16 and we go, wow, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish but have everlasting life. So we get introduced to this, that God loves you and, and, and God wants to give you eternal life. And, and hey, all you got to do is believe. And we go, oh man, I, I, I believe. I, I need salvation. The word believe is the word pistis in Greek and it means to uh, be persuaded to action, right? Whoever believes 
It doesn't say whoever behaves right. It says believes. And, and, and then we start kind of uh, getting introduced to the faith journey, and we, we get to 2 Corinthians 5.21, and it says that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. And we go, no way. God says that I'm righteous. He loves me. He accepts me. He wants me. He pursues me. And, and then something inside of us starts to believe God really is good and God is for me. Back to God is for me. I can stand in his love. I don't have to fear. But, but all of a sudden we get introduced to church and religious culture. And we start sitting around and we start to say, what's next now? Yes, I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. What am I supposed to do? And as I said last week, we're told, hey, now you need to go live for God. Ah, you got to go live for God. You've got to go please God. So for God, we come up with formulas, and, and, and we're trying to force things and manipulate things, and we get thrown over onto the performance treadmill because we're living for God, and we've got to perform, and we've got to do right, and we strive so hard because the, this God of our image now, whatever it is, the concept, i got to please that God and make that God happy so he's not ticked at me. And we've got a wrong view of God. And we've got a wrong view of the gospel. And we start to buy into this. Like, the equation for knowing God is self-effort. Yeah. And we'll read over in James, like, faith without works is dead. you got to work your tail off. And, 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 and it's all self-effort. Effort and trying to please God so that God likes us is all performance. It's for it's exhausting, right? We try to prove even to others that we're worthy of love, and we try to prove to ourselves that I, I deserve to be loved. I'm not that jacked up. Well, but who will ever truly love me? And and then we start to live in this like. Uh, Tension. If other people really know me and know some of this jacked up stuff about me, they, they'll reject me. They don't want to know me, and and then and, and then we say, I've got I've got to be cool. I got to be hip. I've got to fit in. And this even happens in the church culture too. Look at look at some of the moves and stuff that are happening uh, nationally in church moves. I, I, I mean, this is the hipster church, and this is the cool. And, and, and people get lost posing, and they get lost pretending. And, and church people play the same game, I'm telling you. Uh, we try to prove to God, God, I'm worthy of your love. Look at all this that I'm doing for you. And God, you want us to fake it till to, 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 to we make it, because we, we, we want you to look good, God. So we're going to fake it and tell the world that our lives are perfect. And we got all this hidden addiction and bad habits and sin going on, and God goes, ah. <sighs> You're not living from me, and you're not living in freedom, and we want God to bless us so bad, so we, we try to increase our good behavior, and, and it's so tiring, right? And, and, and as I said before, we start comparing ourselves and competing with others, and God, I don't want you disgusted with me, and that was my introduction, that was my introduction to the faith at 13, and, and that almost again when I really surrendered at the age of, of 22, it was like, 
hey, you, you've got to do all this, right? That first introduction was, you've got to get a haircut. You can't go to the movies. You can't listen to certain music. You need to stop cussing. You've got to perform, Tim. And this was the message. This was the message that I believed. Behave, behave, behave. And it was not believe, believe, believe. I wrote this out that the formula I live by was more right behavior and less wrong behavior meant godly, right? So the more right behavior I had that people would look at and applaud and, and the less wrong behavior at least that I would have in public meant that I was godly and that didn't have anything to do with, with being godly because again, uh, it's not about living for him and manufacturing all this stuff in the flesh. It's about living from him. Right. And, and, and I was thinking, like, why is our view of God so twisted? How much time have we spent, like, really studying the heart of the gospel? Like, maybe even reading Luke 15 and the pearl of the parable, uh, parables of the prodigal and the relentless tenderness and love of the Father. We go, oh, look at how loving the Father is. It's like, for so many of us, why is our relationship with God so transactional? It's like, God, I will do this if you... You've played that before, right? God, God, I'll serve you and I'll give and I'll do this if you'll, if you'll spare mama's life. If you'll just, don't, not, don't let her die, I'll, I'll do all. And, and we make this transactional thing with God. I, I used to do that. Like, Lord, I'm not going to go out and drink and party and raise hell. And, and I won't even cuss tomorrow if you'll let me pitch a good ball game. And I'm like, I had this view of God that was so jacked up. And, and that might be you. You've got like this transactional view with God. And it's because you, you, were, you were not taught to experience God and embrace God and walk with God and enjoy God. It was that you were taught to fear God, that God is going to judge you. And he's this cosmic sheriff and he's going to lock you up. That was my view of God. And I was like, man, guilt will never motivate you to authentic love. And shame will never motivate you to authentic love. And I can tell you this, you're never going to correct your sin problems by trying to fix it yourself. You've got to come to the cross of Christ. And you've got to surrender to the cross of Christ. And you've got to get to the place where you let him live his life in and through you. Galatians chapter 3 says, let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law, by performing, by, by doing? Did you, did you receive the Holy Spirit by keeping the law? Of course not. For the Holy Spirit came upon you only after you believed the message that you heard about Christ. You believed how, how did you receive the Holy Spirit? How did you get right with God? You believed. You did not behave to get right. See, knowing and trusting God is not about performance. Performance says do. Trusting says just be with me. I've created you to be a human being. I want you to hang out with me. Depend on me. Trust me. Get to know. Get to know these unforced rhythms of my grace and and, and people that start to abide and hang with the Savior, uh, th that start to live by grace, that know I'm loved by the Savior 24-7, th th 
they don't want to get away with sinning. It's not like they go, oh, I'm loved and I'm under grace, so I just want to go out and sin and get, get, by, by, uh, get by with my sin. They don't want to do that. Even Paul would say, should we continue in our sin so that grace may abound more freely? God forbid. No, we don't want to do that. I want to enjoy God. I want to worship God. I'm, I'm starving for relationship, not religion. And people that start to really get it go, ah. Oh, and now they have the Holy Spirit inside. And the Holy Spirit is my teacher and my guide. And he corrects and he encourages and he rebukes. And, and when you start to realize that God in you is the hope of glory and the power of the Holy Spirit and God goes, hey, I want to live my life in and through you, it will start to unlock you. My, my prayer even for you today is you're sitting there and just kind of contemplating uh, maybe this living from God piece is that uh, you, you would understand that when your primary motive becomes trusting God, we suddenly discover that that is how we please God. How, how, how do we please God? By trusting God, by obeying God, by enjoying God, by wanting to bring our worship to God. And God goes, that that. Is pleasing to me it's not all this doing stuff it's knowing him life in Christ is not about what I can do to make myself worthy of his acceptance but it's about trusting what he has already done that makes me acceptable let me say that again life in Christ is not about me making myself worthy of his acceptance. I did all this and now you accept me. It's that, no, you accept me. Oh, I'm your workmanship saved unto good works that you created before the foundation of the world. I want to walk in that. So good news is God invites us to trust him. God invites us to know him. God invites him, uh, us to experience him. So, so as you walk through these next hours and even these next days, just say, God, I just want to abide with you. I'm tired of the performance treadmill. It doesn't work. I want to live in union with you. Lord, I want my life to be marked by faithfulness and obedience. And Lord, more than anything, even on this cold, blistery day, Lord, I just want to experience your intimacy. I want this close, dependent relationship with you. As I shared with you last week, when I start to allow the Word of God to saturate me, as I'm abiding with Christ, it will start to fill my mind. And so I'm no longer conformed to the world, but I start to be transformed by my mind. It will start to direct our wills, what we will in life. Even Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. Our wills start to be directed by the Holy Spirit. And he's like, you're going to start to will and want what I will and want. And it starts to transform our affections, what we're truly passionate and affectionate about. Hey, guys, I pray that you have an incredible day. But I pray that even now that you would spend some time in solitude. And then maybe as you're sitting there with your family, that you would talk about this whole thing of walking in 
the freedom of Christ and abiding with him. And that, dads, I would challenge you, up the ante and pray over your family right now and set the, set the bar high and set the tone for your family that it's all about dependence and intimacy with Christ. That's what you want. Father, we love you. We praise you. We adore you. Lord, I pray that you would be exalted in my life and every person who's under my voice right now. I pray, Father, that they would press into you to glorify you with all that they have. In Christ's name, amen. So guys, I wrap you with this. Uh, we're going to be starting small groups here on campus uh, next week. Make sure uh, if you've signed up that you take uh, advantage in those uh, great tracks that we've got available to you. Uh, make sure uh, that you come prepared to grow and, and, and to really get to know others in community. And, uh, and then we will see you back here uh, next Sunday as we continue in our series Resolve. Make it a great day. Stay warm. Stay safe. God bless you.